It's just like the, I mean, it's just like dogs that poop when you don't have a bag with you. Like mm-hmm. you think that you're safe. Like, hey, we're just gonna walk from the car to the op- door of the vet's office, and your dog's like, and now. Yeah, in the lobby, right? Like right in front of these strangers. That's where you want me to do this. That's why we're here, right? Yeah. I noticed you didn't have a bag with you, so here we go. Why are you always picking up my gifts for people, man? Trying to leave presents. You keep taking them. (laughs) Oh, dear. All right. Well. Okay. Now that we are here. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Shall we we get going? Let's get going. Hello, and welcome to Middleish, the podcast about moderation in all things. I am Michael Green. And I am Erin Green. How is it going, Erin Green? Pretty, well, pretty good so far, but so. we actually, <laughs> it's its noon, we're halfway through the day. You our, never know what's coming. <laughs> well, our air conditioner decided to take no. it down yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, and we have, I mean, it's unseasonably warm here right now. It's in the mid to upper 90s. But I saw it next I- week. Uh, he did. <laughs> 115? Yeah, it's it's unreal. Like, we don't, this is like Arizona summer temperatures. Boise Never. Doesn't, we get triple digit days, mm-hmm. but we don't usually get a really long string of them. And they're, no. you know, you put 10 more degrees on top of what our typical hottest days of the year are like and yeah. yeah it's so yeah we matt came home last night and was like it's a little bit warm in here and i was fine with it because my desk is next to the vent and so usually i'm freezing mm. by by mid-afternoon i was like right. i actually feel okay and then he went around and was like actually there's no cold air coming out and so then we start investigating oh, no. and we're like and we don't have an air conditioner do you have something so, coming out soon uh, yeah, they're supposed to call either this afternoon or tomorrow oh, to come check it out. Yeah, because I bet they're going to get real busy real quick. Uh, yeah, that's what. Well, and here's the ironic thing: our friend Troy, who I know mm-hmm. listens to the podcast, just texted me yesterday before our air conditioner went out and said, "My blankety blank air conditioner is not working," <laughs> and blah blah blah. And I was like, "Oh damn, you know that really sucks." And I offered him, I was like, "You could come stay in our spare room and all this stuff." <laughs> And then like cue the circus music, you know, three hours later and I text him and I said, would this be funny or would it be ironic or would it be horrible if our air conditioner went out too? I think it's all three of those. Yeah. Yeah. The the hope is that Boise has enough heating and cooling companies to make the rounds and take care of business. But anyway, I'm trying to think the hottest I've experienced up there, maybe 205, maybe 206 or 105, 106. But I mean, I that's incredibly rare. Like yeah, even 103 up. is pretty hot for up there. But you have like, yeah. like 110, 113, 115, I 110, it's I think wild. I saw. It's wild. Well, and I'm just, Ooh. I'm thinking of the, <laughs> wouldn't this be payback since you got to freeze your ass off <laughs> earlier this year in Houston of all places, yet we're like burning up up here in the, yeah, it's just, you know. 
Yeah, we'll record an episode in the middle of that and just your hair will just be hanging and your makeup <laughs> running. <laughs> like drenched in sweat. Don't mind my little glow here. Oh, I know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll be so, fun. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm hanging in there. So far, it's not too bad in here and I'm hoping that the guys come out today and look at yeah. it. I hope it gets fixed quick because yeah, yeah, that's not something you want to endure mm-hmm. without AC. How are you? Uh, good. Yeah, I'm good. It's, um, I just like, as we were getting ready to record, I was like, Hey, let me grab my water real quick. And I ran into the kitchen and I was going to grab my coffee too. So I popped it in the microwave real fast to heat it up. And right as I grabbed it out of the microwave, it slipped out of my hands and shattered everywhere. And so from off in the distance, Aaron heard, Oh shit. I heard the shatter followed by the, oh shit. Yeah. Oh, you heard the shatter too. Okay. I did. Yeah, yeah. It just went everywhere and my coffee went oh, everywhere. So shoot. I broke one of my favorite mugs. I don't, didn't get to finish my coffee, but that's all right. I'm okay. Yeah. I'll survive. Shoot. Yeah. I would. Yeah. <sighs> it's See, not as bad as not having AC in the heat. This, so. is, this is life folks. I mean, yep. this is Keeping what happens. Keeping it real <laughs> here on middle-ish. <laughs> so our our topic today yeah Mm. i'm trying to like segue our our current conundrums with our topic today i don't think it does really but today (laughs) we're we're talking about the concept of immediacy or what some people might know as instant gratification um related to long-term fulfillment or maybe delayed gratification and I want to just preface this with when I was kind of reading some of the different concepts and theories on, on this and why it happens. I think it would be really good for people to go back and listen to our first few episodes that I think it's episode two and three that we hit on habits and routines. So at the very beginning of like at middle-ish, the birth of middle-ish, go back and listen to those ones again, because we do talk about the importance of routines and habits, and it weaves very nicely into what we'll talk about today. Um, because I, I think one of the challenges that Michael and I both see when we're working with people is the, the tendency, the human tendency, this isn't a fault of anybody. This is Mm -hmm. basically how we're wired the tendency to go for what is convenient and easy and will, you know, kind of give us a dopamine hit or something Mm -hmm. like that immediately. So that becomes really problematic when we're looking at behavior change and lifestyle changes, um, particularly for health changes. So, right. Yeah. So yeah. Episodes two and three, I looked real quick. Episode two was developing habits and after episode three is building routines. Great. Yeah. Those would be good to check out on YouTube or Spotify or iTunes, wherever. Um, Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. I think, you know, the evil genius, I guess we call it of like the diet and fitness industries is really capitalizing on this immediacy, um, on sort of the quick fix, because we do want things as fast as possible, you know? And I think the, one of the, the big gaps and logic in that is that when things happen quickly, they usually don't happen well you know, because they yeah. don't have, you don't have the time to do them well. In fact, I've, I've asked clients before, I, I maybe I've even posted this like on Instagram or something like, imagine you were having a house built 
Like, would you want it rushed and done as quickly as possible? Or would you want it built well? So you knew it had a good foundation and could weather storms and could keep you hot and cold. And like, what would you want? Would you rather wait for your house to be done well? Of course, obviously. Well, now if we apply it to our own bodies, like, mm -hmm. why do we... <laughs> Nope. Just as quick as possible. I don't care if it's a disaster. I just want to lose the 30 pounds. Right. And, and then there's no thought long-term about, well, well, what does that, what does that mean down the road? You know? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think people lose sight of the fact that a lot yeah. of the reasons why people want to seek behavior change. So, I mean, weight loss is a very common one, or maybe they were diagnosed with something, diabetes, heart disease, mm -hmm. or they've developed a, a, some kind of, you know, health problem that they want to address through this. Those problems didn't necessarily just happen overnight. This has been a long right. steady, you know, process mm -hmm. to get you to where you are. So if you were to approach your you know, health changes the same way and do it, you know, gradually, steadily, and consistently over time that serves you much. And it's way more logical to approach it that way than to just right. expect these things to happen so rapidly and immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, it's tough to get people well, on board with that. Absolutely. And it really is. And even when they come into like a working relationship with you saying like, I know I didn't get here overnight, so I'm not expecting changes overnight. And then as you get a couple of weeks into it, it's like, yeah, you're totally expecting changes overnight. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. that, this is a huge part of the issue. And, and I, I, I think, you know, something that we've said on here, you know, I've said a lot, I'm sure you say it all the time too, is like, listen, like whatever you changes you're going to make, they need to be changes you can do literally forever. Yes. Like the rest of your life. Because if like, I've never met anybody that wants to lose 20 or 30 pounds and then gain it all back or wants to get a handle on their diabetes or blood pressure and then undo all that, or wants to, you know, get stronger and then lose all that strength. I've, I've never met any, maybe they're out there. I doubt it. Maybe they are, but I've never talked to anybody that has any interest in that. Um, but so often we approach things in a way that that's exactly what we're designing. We're designing mm -hmm. something that is, is quick and immediate and only short term. Because yep. when we engage in these things that are quick and immediate, we can't sustain them. It's like, it's like, you know, flooring your, the, uh, um, you know, your car and just going like 180, like, okay, well, guess what? You're going to burn out pretty quick. Like right. things are going to get too hot. You're going to run out of gas. Like this, this isn't sustainable. And that's what mm -hmm. we do. And that's why so often, I mean, that's, this is what the whole yo-yo dieting thing is, yep. you know, immediate, quick, I can't sustain it. Everything falls apart. And then I wind up back where I was or further behind and over and over and over. Yeah. And I think that is a, I mean, it's like a tripwire for people because they'll run into one instance that they just can't foresee that they'll be able to handle this and sustain mm -hmm. it for a while. And they're just like, F it, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Like the whole thing. And it just blows up in their faces versus recognizing in that moment that maybe there are some other things at play in your life that are making this, this seemingly simple choice that you have agreed to do. And you have chosen, this is, you know, the path I want to take some something is interfering with that in this moment. 
a barrier, an emotion, some psychological, you know, tug of war, whatever it is, you have to look beyond that moment and see what, what the possibilities are that lie beyond this moment. Mm -hmm. Definitely take care of yourself in that moment. I mean, I have told numerous people that, man, if you do not, if you're like, dead on your feet, exhausted after a hard week, and you don't want to go to the gym, don't go to the gym, like take care of yourself, you know, the best thing. Yeah. Take care of the things that need to be taken care of. Spend time Mm -hmm. with your kids, you know, um, get with nature. If that suits you, you know, go do something fun, whether it's like, you know, hanging out with friends or something. But my point is, I think it's really important to take care of your needs in a given moment. And identify what those needs are. What I'm talking about when we, when we talk about immediacy today is that tendency for people to choose the easiest path Mm -hmm. and not actually take a moment to look beyond that, whatever is in front of me right now, that's a barrier. Mm -hmm. I think that's where people get, and I'm sure there's a far more eloquent or clinical way to say this, but basically like looking beyond that. And that's where that long-term fulfillment and Michael and I talk a lot about your why thinking Mm -hmm. about that. And really, again, looking beyond whatever's right in front of you. Um, and then making the choice and, and be satisfied and have closure with that choice, like decide Mm -hmm. this is what I'm choosing to do. Mm -hmm. And then don't beat yourself up over it. Mm -hmm. This is what I've chosen in this moment. It doesn't mean everything has to blow up and be done and you, you failed. And so F it, I'm just going to have the whole weekend or something. Okay. That was your choice in that moment. The next moment gives you another opportunity to make a different choice. Right. And, and even like you said, just stopping for a minute and, and, examining that choice for a minute, because I I think it's really important to look at like, so let's say we, you know, we, we made a choice that we feel is sort of this attempt ending event, right? The moment where we would normally throw our hands up and say, F it, like you said, and what's the point? Um, I think it's important to look at those choices and go, well, why'd you make them? Why'd you make that choice? Because there's a reason you did. And I think a lot of times the reason isn't uh, because you're a piece of crap who doesn't have any willpower, right? Right. Right. It may be, oh yeah. The reason I didn't go to the gym today is because I'm exhausted, mm-hmm. you know? Um, or maybe the reason I, you know, we, we went and got McDonald's is because you know what my, my, I haven't had time with my kids lately and I just wanted to go do a fun thing with them. And we sat on the living room floor and we ate McDonald's together. And I think things like that are oftentimes like, those seemingly unhealthy choices mm-hmm. could really be healthy choices because I think a lot of times we're not, I mean, we reduce our, cho- I think too often we reduce our choices down to like exercise and diet, right? Like these are the choices and they have to align with this and it has to be exercise more and yeah. eat less, you know? And, but there's so much like health that exists outside of that little narrow bandwidth that we don't really give credit to. And you know what? I think, and I, I, talk about this stuff with clients all the time. Like, oh, you didn't work out, but you did this thing that invested in your family. Wow. Great choice. Healthy choice. Yeah. You know, total health. Fact, yeah, yeah. I just had a, a conversation with a client yesterday. He was on, he and his wife are both clients of mine. They were on vacation on the Oregon coast last week. And 
they were talking about how, yeah, you know, we had ice cream most days. We walked down this part ice cream parlor and had ice cream and, you know, our kids were there and we were just having fun and da, 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 da. And I felt okay about it because, you know, I mean, it was probably more than we would normally and da, da, da. And he was kind of justifying it a little bit, but also like, but I feel like it's an okay thing. And my response was like, this is a good decision because mm-hmm. there is health in like, making these really good memories with your kids. You're on freaking vacation. You can't have ice cream every day. <laughs> I know. Of course you can. Like these, like there's so much that, like you said, that whole health that exists outside of just eating ve- fruits and vegetables and exercising, you know, there's, mm-hmm. it's, it's so much bigger and broader and complex than that. And we often don't take the time to examine, Hey, does, did this choice exist somewhere else in the picture of health? you know, as opposed to this narrow bandwidth, I've decided it's going to exist in. Yeah. And, and some of the literature I was perusing before we jumped on here talked about some of the challenges with adherence for people. So, you know, one of the, um, studies that I saw was the WHO estimates that only 50% of patients will adhere to medical management strategies for the long term. That's 50%. And we hear all the time, and this is well-documented that people who experience significant weight loss will likely go through a period of regain. Mm -hmm. And there's a ton of factors that is not just an adherence issue. That is a metabolic issue. That is a hormonal issue. There's a lot of, um, you know, biomarkers that are at play there because of the caloric deficit required to, you know, combat obesity from a weight perspective. Um, but just looking at what the literature says helps with adherence and helps with that long-term, um, stability of these lifestyle changes. One of the things is to make it flexible and include different kinds of foods, include different kinds of activities. So it's not just this very rigid and boring specific plan because that. I, I still am fascinated with people that get really roped into these very specific and rigid diet plans or, or exercise plans. I can see the appeal of it because it's very much like you have this, um, very explicit, like do this, not that here's your list of do's and don'ts. And so you have like these rules to follow. Whereas flexibility though is obviously it's there in the literature. This is one of the keys to long-term sustainable lifestyle changes. Why is it so hard for people to embrace flexibility or moderation as we like to talk about? Why do you think that's so hard for people? So I actually, I actually just, I posted a video kind of on this topic yesterday. Did you see that by chance? I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. So that's funny. Cause I was like, Oh, we're kind of talking about that a little bit. Um, I think, I think a, a, big part of it is, um, I think a, a lack of trust in ourselves to be able to follow through for us. And I think that is, I think that comes about not because we're untrustworthy, but because we have a, an industry diet and fitness industry that are constantly telling us you're not trustworthy. You, mm, you, yeah. you can't handle this. So let us kind of like we've talked about before, like outsourcing success, like, let us handle it for you. We'll tell you what to do. You're, you're, you're too, you're not capable of this. You don't have what it takes to do this on your own. So we'll give you the checklist. You just go through it. 
right? And you'll be fine. And if you can't sustain it, well, that's your fault, but you can try again later versus actually teaching people anything about how, how do I begin to trust myself? What does it mean to take care of me? What does it mean to listen to my hunger and fullness cues or to improve my relationship with food? How do I begin to learn these things? And really, I think it just, it shuts all that down. It says you're not capable. So just rely on us completely because we'll get you there unless you can't hack it. And then that's your yeah. fault. And I yeah. think, I think that's where it comes from. And, and because, I mean, we're, we're beat over the head with this stuff very early on. We just, we accept it. You know, we, we mm-hmm. believe this, this bullshit that these industries tell us over and over. And so, okay, so I can't do it on my own. I, I, I have to avoid all carbs or never eat past 7 PM or fast for 20 hours, you know, whatever it is, because I can't hack it. And, and we just sort of buy into it because, well, surely they know what they're talking about. Look at these before and afters. People look amazing. Right. You right. Know? So, well, and when it's, when that messaging is given to you and fed to you from a very, very young age very young. and possibly even from your parents or mm-hmm. anybody in your life that you're observing, attempting lifestyle changes and, and dietary behaviors, it, I mean, we have this deeply ingrained belief system all of a sudden. And one of the things I had, I had read through this theoretical framework and I'm not going to bore you with the whole, like, you know, it's very, very dry reading, but to me really interesting, but it's basically talking about, um, the social cognitive theory. And it's talking about these four, um, sets of constructs. And you just hit on one. The first one is health knowledge, which I really think there's a ton of concrete, trustworthy information out there. Mm -hmm. If you know which sources to look at and chances are most of those trustworthy sources are saying very similar things, you know, more fruits and vegetables, choose lean proteins, make most of your own food moderation in these categories. I mean, there's, you know, we can all kind of talk about the knowledge, you know, move your Mm -hmm. body more, get regular exercise, those kinds of things. So health knowledge is one, but then self-efficacy beliefs, and that is exactly an outcome expectations. That's exactly what you were talking about is that belief in yourself that I can actually do this and follow through. And man, I, I use the word empowered a lot of times when I talk about food choices and food relationship and just your belief in yourself and feeling empowered to make the right choice for you in the moment and to trust that choice and then to move on and you have another opportunity for a choice later on, I think is just, I mean, that is like the crux to me for people to truly believe that they have the skills and the ability to, to follow through with these choices. Another interesting construct here is self-regulatory skills. And this is the belief that you actually have power over your actions and your behaviors. That's a tricky one because Mm -hmm. people will say, you know, like my husband says, if I have Oreos in the house, I can't help it. It's a sleeve a day. Like that's what I'm eating, you know? (laughs) So he doesn't have, he doesn't believe he has that self-regulatory ability. However, he does, because Mm -hmm. I know we've had conversations about this and, and observed it. And I'm always like, I can always point it out, you know, when I, when I observe it and I see it and I'm like, Oh, see, you know, you, you are 
able to stop. And then the barriers to change, like environmental, psychological, yeah. social barriers. Um, so, so I thought that was interesting just to look at those four constructs and maybe help people, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, this is totally me. Maybe think about those things. Do you need additional knowledge? Like some people just want a Q and a with me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you get this too, but they're like, I just have a billion questions and I need mm-hmm. information. Some people want that self-efficacy and kind of that, I need to believe in myself and learn how to trust myself. Some people need to overcome barriers, whether it's like time management or, you know, meal prep or picky eating in the household, whatever. And then some people just really need to practice that behavioral modification piece and following through. Yeah. I like that. That's a good list. So for you in working with people, do you, when someone feels like they just need more knowledge, do you Mm -hmm. feel like that's often actually the case (laughs) that they really need to learn or understand more? I'll, I'll probe a little bit on that Uh because usually I'll ask something to the effect of, um, you know, if they just have some simple questions and I provide some answers and, and of course this is either from my experience, my professional, um, assessment or from the literature and what the evidence says, Mm -hmm. and then I'll ask, so how does this knowledge, how would this apply in your life? How could you apply this? How does this change how you might approach something? Because pure knowledge does nothing for someone's health. It does nothing. You have to choose to apply that knowledge somehow. Mm -hmm. It results in a change in behavior or a change in thought process or a a shift in your environment. There's a number of things that that knowledge then contributes to, but you have to turn it into change. You can't just have more knowledge, read a book and you're, that doesn't do anything. So, yeah, I would agree. I think most of the time, I think it's, it's, I'm like, you don't need to learn anymore. You, You know what you need to do. Right. Like, I mean, even sometimes even like, not even like a first call with a client, just like maybe a sales call or a consultation call. It's like, they'll tell you all the things that, that they know already. It's like, yeah, I know I need to do this. I need to do this. And, and they'll say four or five things. You're like, yeah, if we could do that stuff, things would be pretty great. I think you'd probably feel fantastic. It's not knowing Mm -hmm. most of the time it's how do we, like you said, how do we apply it? How do we begin to make this a part of what we do? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, it's been pretty rare that I've come across someone's like, okay, we really just need some basic education here, right? you know? Um, Cause people know I need to eat more vegetables. I need to eat more fruit. I should probably mm-hmm. eat less processed food. It would be really good if I exercise some, you know, like people know those things. <laughs> it's that, it's that application. Like you talked about that, that is yeah. usually the struggle or those barriers, absolute barriers. And that can be a bunch of things. Yes. And like troubleshooting. And Mm -hmm. I think it's important. Like the, I, when I was looking stuff up for this episode, the concept of delayed gratification, which I just really liked this (laughs) very, um, upfront definition. It's the act of resisting an impulse to take an immediately available reward in the hope of obtaining a more valued reward in the future. And I think where that applies to health, there's a little bit of a, I, I think it's a little misleading because it says that you're taking this immediate award in hopes of obtaining the more valued 
reward in the future. When it comes to health choices, I don't think that necessarily applies to a lot of choices. I think Uh, people get fatigued about making, mm -hmm. making those decisions. Um, because people usually will not choose to, you know, skip their workouts in hopes of getting fitter, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So if I don't work out this afternoon, this evening, I can have a more intense workout. Okay. (laughs) I, I think, um, what's more likely to happen is they, they choose that immediate reward. Um, I mean, perhaps in hopes that they'll have more energy for tomorrow's workout, or perhaps in hopes that if they just satisfy this craving for a certain food, or Mm -hmm. they, you know, satisfy their emotional needs with this certain food that maybe they'll feel better about getting back on that bandwagon tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So again, I think that it's, in hopes of if, if that whole more valued reward in the future applies to this health benefit or, um, the, the health argument that we're having here, mm-hmm. I think it, it definitely would be that, like, I hope that I can get back at it after mm-hmm. having this little, I mean, that to me indicates you're having some fatigue with right. the process. And again, mm-hmm. those choices and reevaluate what, what the barriers are here, what's happening with, you know, maybe you're, plan overall needs to be reevaluated or your goals need to be reevaluated. Or like Michael and I said at the beginning, there's a different area of your life that needs attention that's Mm -hmm. calling to you. Mm -hmm. So, well, I think then applying that concept to just this immediacy versus long-term fulfillment, it's like too often, I think we see in people, there's, there's no or little value in doing things now that don't pay off until later. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to do yeah. things now that pay off now. And, you know, so I, I want to lose the 20 pounds now. I mean, expanding this out of like this immediate in this moment to immediate as in very short term, I think. And, and I think part of this is human nature that then these industries capitalize on, right? Because I mean, everything you see in the fitness and diet nutrition industries are, you know, quick results, you know, rapid weight loss, you know, fat melting off your body, 20 pounds in a month, you know, just like fast, 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 fast now, now, now. Right. And, and, and so what I think happens is we, we don't value like behaviors and actions and choices that will compound and pay off long-term, you know, like eating more vegetables in a day. Okay. Well, I've eaten more vegetables a day for a week now, and I haven't lost any weight. This is a stupid thing to do. Why am I doing it? Because we're so short-sighted on everything has to lead to change now that we don't see any um, benefit in, you know, things compounding and things accruing and Mm -hmm. sort of this long-term consistent payoff down the road, which is, interesting because if you were to talk to someone logically about that, absolutely. I want that. That's the thing I want. But then when it comes to actually doing it, it's like, no, 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 no. It's got to happen now. It's got to be immediate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not delaying my gratification. I need, I need it to happen now. Yep. Or you get that. Oh, well, one, one meal won't make a difference or one workout won't make a difference. That's you're absolutely right. One instance will not make a difference, but we're also talking about the concept of consistency here over that long term. Yeah. And if disruption in your consistency happens, you know, more frequently than you would like, or if it throws mm-hmm. you off completely, like some people, you know, they'll get going with their week and they, oh, Monday is a miss because it was a crazy day. And then Tuesday I had something come up and F it, 
this week I'm just done, like whatever, I'll start next week again. Or I just had a conversation with someone about, well, it was my birthday week, you know? So this is, this is what I chose to do. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. If that's what you chose to do, but let's take a closer look at what you're telling yourself Mm -hmm. about those choices and what Mm -hmm. you're telling yourself about what is happening right now. And even the hierarchy of the foods you're choosing Mm -hmm. or the types of activities you're choosing. Mm -hmm. Is there a way that, you know, telling yourself it's my birthday week, you can shift your thinking into, so it's, you know, I love taking care of myself. I love the feeling that comes with knowing I prepared a nourishing meal. I know the feeling that comes from, you know, I don't know, eating the things in your fridge. So you're, you're not wasting food. I mean, some people get jazzed about that. You know, (laughs) I, I love feeling, help physically Some people Aaron 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 loves that shit you guys Aaron I didn't waste a, any vegetables this week I get a total rise and if Matt ever listens to this episode he will be like uh, yes I get a total rise out of salvaging little yeah. bits and pieces of random ingredients out of my fridge and I know I'm not the only one out there y'all so come on stand beside me <laughs> but if if people would maybe think about that again. I think this, this has to do a little bit with how society tells us, you know, this is a desirable behavior and this is kind of a more punitive behavior or something mm-hmm. you, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily choose to do. Yeah. It's, it's important to change how you talk to yourself in those moments and in those, those weeks or months or time periods. Um, I think that's, that's really important for people too. Yeah. I agree. Isn't it funny how like, so when it comes to like making a healthy decision, like, you know, uh, a home cooked dinner instead of fast food or eating an additional vegetable in a day. And people are so quick to say, or to feel like, well, one, one meal, one choice isn't going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. But then when it comes to their like, have, you know, been doing really well with their goals and then they have like fast food or ice cream it's like the end of the world. It's like, wait, I thought one meal couldn't make a difference, but why is this one like make all the difference? This tastes, yeah. Things don't add up here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's no, that's an interesting paradox that we often tell ourselves. I I think, I think people have to be honest with their justification of their choices and behaviors when it comes to that. And, and that's where I think you and I come in to point those kinds of things out and be like, well, Mm. wait a minute though, you know, this didn't seem like it was that big of a deal for you, but it's kind of a similar situation or a similar concept and look Mm. what, what you did in this instance, you know, so let's, let's examine that a little bit more closely. Um, and I think that definitely gets to some of the heart of that self-efficacy and kind of finding those barriers. Are they perceived or actual barriers and working with that? Right. So I love this phrase, make the healthy choice, the easy choice. That was something that a dietitian friend of mine said years and years ago. And I was like, Oh, that's clever because convenience. And we talked about this in one of our episodes, convenience versus what was it? Convenience versus, sorry, I don't even remember the title. But making that healthy choice and healthy choice could be a thousand things, right? It could, Mm -hmm. it could be something with food and nutrition. It could be something with your convenience convenience versus versus effort. effort. Yeah. Um, but making a lot of times making changes in your behavior takes effort Mm -hmm. and it takes conscious, you know, 
focus on, I have to kind of make this change happen. Mm -hmm. So how can you make it as easy as possible, as effortless as possible? Mm -hmm. So yes, it's going to take work, but how can I make it, you know, as easy as possible? Things that come to mind are, I think we've talked about this a couple of times, like pack your gym bag or lay your clothes out the day before the Mm -hmm. night before that you're going to go do your workout, like make it just impossibly easy to roll out of bed and get dressed in your workout clothes, you know, um, prepping, prepping food in a, in a simple fashion, just doing it all at once in containers in your fridge. So you can just grab them out of the fridge, packing up leftovers into smaller, you know, containers of, of mini meals. So you can take those with you to, you know, for lunch or so you have a snack in the afternoon or whatever. So there's Mm -hmm. lots of ways that you can make it easier. And the complexity of behavior change is one of the main reasons why adherence is so low. If it's too complex, which is why when we talk about some of these like celebrity diet protocols and stuff, I'm just like, shit, I don't even want to do that kind of math. Are you kidding me? And I'm a dietitian. (laughs) So don't make it too complex, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to rag, like talk negatively about this. I don't think I'm going to, but I mean, macros are really big right now, you know, like certain percentage of macros. And I, I see a lot of coaches, you know, coaches that I feel are good coaches, like, like they're just really big into macros. And to me, I'm just like, man, I think you're making it more complicated than it needs to, yeah. you know, like you're, you got people stressing over like, Oh, I was supposed to get 31% of my food from carbs. And I got 30%. So how do I get, you know, and it's just like, this is freaking unnecessary <laughs> like right. it's so unnecessary you know and and i just i think there is, there can be an appeal like when we say things that or when we see things that that seem to be complex i think sometimes we feel like oh there must be something to that because it's hard right yeah. yeah yeah okay so it's got to be hard right like yeah i can't ever have a carb again it's got to be hard it's got to be really mm-hmm. hard which is funny because we also resist hard I know so often I know there's all these dichotomies in this, which is really interesting, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like the, the easier we can make the choices we want to make, the more likely we're going to do them. And that's, you know, that's why we talk about things like planning ahead, you know, like laying your stuff out. Like if, you know, one of my favorite things to do with clients is, Hey, look at your week, plan dinners right? Yeah. Plan dinners totally. for each night. Cause dinners are where most people have a really hard time. You know, they can do great with breakfast. They go to work, they have their lunch, whatever, you know, they get home, they're tired. They don't want to make any more decisions. They don't want to look in the pantry in the fridge and go like, Oh, what am I going to make? Mm-hmm. But if you know what you're going to make on what specific night and you've already gone to the store and you have all those things, you're a lot more likely to do it. Cause you don't have to think about a thing. You just got to execute it. Yeah. You and know? can we be clear that when you're planning dinners, I am dead serious that it could be a frozen pizza and some frozen veggies that you steam and a yeah. glass of milk or something. I mean, we're not talking about this Pinterest worthy food prep that you right. see. We're talking about like what works for your family mm-hmm. this week. If it's mm-hmm. chaotic, maybe you have a different week where it's easier for you mm-hmm. to, you know, make a dish from scratch or, mm-hmm. you know, go shopping for special ingredients. But right now, if this is what makes this doable for you and is still falling within the realm of improvement, remember we we're looking for progress, not perfection. So if you're still falling in that realm of 
this is better than the alternative that I've mm-hmm. been doing, then hooray, yep. you know, yep. let's make it doable and easy for you. Yeah. And this quick sidetrack, I feel like I say this every episode. <laughs> Let me I get know, off track for a minute. <laughs> yeah. But they're, they're never too off track. <laughs> but pretty good. here's, I, I would present this argument, not to you, but just in general, this argument that if, if the options are okay, the evening scramble, I don't have anything prepared. We're just going to drive through Burger King and grab something or, and the other option is, Hey, on Tuesday night, it's going to be crazy. Why don't we drive through Burger King? That that section second option is a healthier choice because it involves planning and following Mm -hmm. through. And there's, there's things that go along with that that you get to then use in other situations that you, you have this mm. discipline of doing these things. Listen, I thought ahead, I made a plan and I executed it. I, I would argue that those two situations are very different because there's an intention, there's planning, there's thinking through the week, there's looking at things on a bigger perspective and making the choice that feels best for that moment. Cause health is not all only about, right? Like fewer calories. Right? right. It's not just about that. It's about all right. these other things. And, and, and to me, you know, I've had clients make decisions like that and I'm like, yes, great. Good yeah. job. Perfect. You've got a Couldn't plan. Have been better. Exactly. Couldn't have been better. This is exactly what we want to do because we get to use those skills. The more we rehearse and practice these skills, we get to use them in other situations. They yep. carry over, you know? Yep. And I've even had people that plan for something like that Mm -hmm. and then something adjusts in their day or it comes time and they're like, you know what? I actually can do, I can do this instead. Mm -hmm. And they, they adjust that, that plan in, uh, you know, to keep in line with their, their health goals or Mm -hmm. whatever they're, they're working on. So I think you're exactly right that when people are making spontaneous unplanned choices, it feels like they're out of control. It feels mm-hmm. like life is running them. It feels like they can't get their feet under them. And that, mm-hmm. oh, here I go again, making this choice that I didn't want to make versus that empowerment or that self-efficacy that comes from I'm choosing this. And it actually fits in my mm-hmm. long-term plan because this is what makes all of this livable and doable. And again, we're after lifestyle choices. That right. is something you can maintain for a lifetime. Right. So and that, and that ties right back into this immediacy versus long-term fulfillment is looking at things on a bigger picture than right now. Because I'll be honest with you, I, I've had a lot of clients who really dread sitting down on Saturday and looking at the week and planning things out mm. and what are going to be busy nights, what would be, you know, what would be good nights for leftovers or crock pot or something or something quick. And they don't like doing it because in the moment yeah. it sucks, right? But once they've done it once or twice, even if they still don't like doing it, they go, but I really recognize, in fact, I just, I had this conversation just a couple of weeks ago with a client. She had done, I think one or two weeks of planning meals and then she didn't. And the week she didn't, she goes, it just felt like a shit show. Like I just, I I did it. I was like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing because sometimes it's worth doing the little pain in the ass thing. Mm -hmm stepping back, looking like broader picture and going like, okay, this is worth doing now, even though I don't like it and don't want to do it because of what it's going to set in place for me, because of how Mm -hmm. it's going to make my life easier, my week easier, reduce my stress. I mean, so many things. And so again, it just ties right back into that, you know, that, that sometimes it's worth having that pain in the butt thing 
doing the things we maybe don't want to do in the moment because of how they set us up for that long-term picture and sustainability. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, that phrase, um, people won't remember what you say, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Uh, when, when I'm working with clients about on, on this concept on what are doable, sustainable changes, how does life roll at you and how do you roll with life, helping them feel like they've got this, like you can handle this and yes, this, there are sucky parts and there are great parts of, of life and there's everything in between. So if you can kind of roll through that and feel like you've, you've got at least some guardrails, so to speak on how Mm -hmm. to get through this chaotic week, that's a huge, huge help for that person. Because a lot of times these things are driven by our emotions and how we're feeling and the kinds of emotions we're seeking or how we answer those emotions. And mm-hmm. we, we talked about this in an earlier episode as well. Um, I think it's important for people to, to feel that for, mm-hmm. and we can help them, you know, yeah. get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, let's see one last thing? thing. Yeah. One last thing I wanted to, uh, point out is one of the other factors affecting adherence. We talked about the complexity of the change. We talked about all of these environmental, social, psychological factors, but also the number of decision points required. I think this is really important for long-term focus because people get decision fatigue and Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, real thing. If I have to plan one more thing, or if I have to think about one more thing, and then do I do this? Like, even as you get very granular on the kind of workout you're going to do or whatever, what you're going to wear there, you're going to turn left here, go to the next light. Like you're making decisions (laughs) all day long. Yeah. So, so if you can, again, planning will do a lot of simplification in this area. Mm-hmm. So you just don't have to make those decisions in the moment right. you've already made them ahead of time. So your point, Michael, about looking at your week ahead, that is mm-hmm. fantastic. And I encourage people to do the same, but also like get really granular, you know, like get into like, this is exactly the workout I'm going to do, write it down. You know, this is exactly the recipe I'm going to make, have all the ingredients there, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it takes. Um, or just decide like, we're just making this tonight for dinner and leave it at that. Like it doesn't have to be fancy or complicated. So I think that's another important um, thing is to get rid of that decision fatigue. Yep. I completely agree. And that's why I I do think, like you said, it is important to make as many decisions ahead of time as you can, because when we have to make them in the moment, a lot of times they just don't go as well as we'd like them to. Mm-hmm. You know, are you overthinking and you're second yeah. guessing and should I do this? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Or you're just worn down from the day. And guess what? When you're worn down from the day, you know, it always sounds good. A burger and fries or a milkshake. Oh always. Oh God. You're speaking Matt's <laughs> language now. It's so funny. Yeah. He talks about getting programmed too. Like if he, if he gets, if he gets programmed for a burger, it's, I mean, we can't go out for pizza or we can't like order poke bowls or something. It's, it's all about, well, I'm programmed for a burger. So yeah, that's I, funny. I have a similar thing where like, if we talk about like, Hey, let's, you know, get Mexican food tonight, let's say then in my head, we're getting Mexican food. And if that changes, I'm like, uh, I've been preparing myself for Mexican food. I don't know if I can take this turn this late in the game. <laughs> like, I know <laughs> I, I'm not happy about this. <laughs> the decision so... was made. Why yeah, is it being exactly. changed? 
That is so funny. That's a total Matt Green kind of thing going That's on funny. there. I like programmed. I'm going to start using that. I've already programmed yep. the day. I'm programmed. Too bad. Yeah. What else? He uses something else. He uses a different phrase. I'm trying to remember. It'll, it'll come to me. Not like I've had that chambered, like it's chambered. It's in the chamber. It's ready. There's something else. I'm programmed. Like I'll think about it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I don't know. I, I feel like this is a topic we have addressed in small ways through a lot of episodes, but to really dive mm-hmm. into it, I think is important because if we're, if we're looking at immediate and short term, I think those decisions and choices and actions are often going to be unfulfilling long-term mm-hmm. most of the time. And they can feel great for a little while, maybe several months, maybe a year, but usually those things fall apart and that fulfillment is gone because we can't, we're not even doing them anymore to have them be fulfilling. We just can't maintain them. And I just think there's so much more reward. Um, and like, I really like that concept of delayed gratification, you know, obtain mm-hmm. a more value reward in the future. And I think it's just really worth, you know, repeating a whole bunch that like we have value and worth and we're, we're worth enough to invest in our future selves and not only be concerned with what is my now self getting out of this, but what am I investing in compounding for my future self? Um, that, that kind of investment and thinking of ourselves and self-care in those longer terms is really critical for being a healthy person down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just as a little funny aside, I can't remember if I shared this in my unbound story, but I saw all of these vehicles in the latter part of the race going out and picking up riders and taking them take, you know, Mm -hmm. packed up bikes and the riders are nice and in this air conditioned vehicle. And they've probably got all the snacks and fluid they want and they're off their legs. And I would watch these vehicles go by me as I'm trudging up these Hills and thinking this is endless and I'm never going to get there. And I would ask myself, okay, fast forward. If you were in that vehicle, Mm -hmm. how would you be thinking and feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. 30 minutes from now, tomorrow morning, yeah. next week. Like I just, we'd kind of play that game and it, it didn't take the the pain and misery away, (laughs) but it definitely changed my perspective Perspective. on if I could keep going, like if I can just do this hard thing right now, because the reward on the other side of that, or the, Mm -hmm. the feeling that will come and that belief that I, I can get on the other side of this really difficult thing right now. Um, yeah, I used that strategy and it worked. That's, I feel like that story is a great way to end that topic. That's just a perfect Mm -hmm. cap on it. It's a perfect little cherry on top. High five. High five. five. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you have a meaning in the mundane. I do. And I actually, I don't know if you noticed, but I was super distracted going back through to see if I actually, I was trying to remember what date this that I'm thinking of happened. Cause I think it was last week. I just assumed like, I was boring you like usual. Maybe, no, not at all. I'm like, maybe Oh, Aaron's already, not listening to me again. I, <laughs> I was like, maybe I already shared this, but I don't think I did. I think this was, um, Oh no. So it was, it was last week after we recorded. So this okay. is my, this is a good one. All right. Yeah. We I don't want any repeats. Went, <laughs> I know. I know. I'm afraid of that. The rerun 
like we'd be over with people. I feel like mine are all repeats. It's like, so I did this with my girls and this with my girls and this with my girls. It's always a different (laughs) sweet story. I love it. And I love that as a dad, you can capture those moments and just relive the, the joy that those little moments bring, even though you're like, Oh yeah, it's all about, it's my girls again. It's something with my girls, something with my girls, but it's those little distinct moments yeah. in time that just happen every, every week. It's pretty, All the time. it's yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so mine was last Wednesday, Matt and I go for usually at least once weekly, we'll go for kind of a date mountain bike ride. And now that we're starting to feel more comfortable, just going out and stuff, we've gone downtown a couple of times and we went for this great little easy ride. And then just, we're like, let's spin downtown and grab a beer. So we went to Boise Brewing, this local place, mm-hmm. and there was like nobody there. So it was just really relaxed and chill, sat out in the patio nice. in the shade. And it was like, I don't know, 84 degrees out. It was beautiful. It was nice. like perfect evening, summer riding weather. And the trails were dead empty. We had this patio with like maybe a few patrons, but just us. I mean, mm-hmm. it really felt kind of magical just because of the lack of like people and, you know, yeah. the kind of the BS that happens. So I was going to, we're packing up to go back ride home. And I was just going to go through the streets like of the North end to get to our house. And Matt's like, where are you going? We're going to ride the green belt, which is the, the opposite direction, but they both go, you know, East toward our house. And I was like, okay. So he weaves through and we kind of go through like a couple parking lots, cross a busy street. And then you're on the green belt. And we ride, he's, he's like, come here, follow me. You have to come to this section of Greenbelt, turn around. Now you have to ride this section. So we're doing this really funny, weird. I'm like, I've been down around this area before, but I've never actually ridden this mm-hmm. exact path this time of year. It's next to the Rose Garden. And like, there's all these museums mm-hmm. down there that I've only been in one. I know mm-hmm. I'm terrible. I really need to get to Boise's museums. I'm so ashamed of you. But it was like, it was renewing what we love about Mm. Boise, the warm summer evenings, you know, just being able to ride without like traffic or worry, like just cruising this beautiful corridor of trees that I had never actually seen or appreciated before. I mean, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. So it really was like, we're rolling home and Matt's like, and you wanted to take the streets. Like, what the hell is the matter with you? You know, and poking fun of me. <laughs> I was just like, he, we're both just like, this is what we love about Boise. So, yeah. I mean, we've lived here, you know, over, well, I've been here, I don't know, 15, 16 years. Matt's been here longer and we still find those little, those yeah. little places, those moments we love. Nice. That's I like mine. that. I like that a lot. Boise is a city that is easy to fall in love with over and over it again. Is. It's such a great city. I know. Will people stop falling in love with it, please, though? Because we'd like a house. Because <laughs> you're ruining it. <laughs> yeah, just a for few reals. people can fall in love with it. Yeah, just a few at a time. Yeah, and yeah. everybody at once. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What's I yours? love that. Uh, so mine, so this is, we're recording this the Wednesday after Father's Day. Um, so mine, I, I'm just going to, I don't, I'm not going to say it was like a moment. It was just the day of just how my girls get really excited about like Mother's Day and Father's Day. And they really, uh, Sophie, not quite as much because, um, you know, she's only four and a half. Um, but Lila, especially, they just get really excited about like just spoiling you and spending time with you and um, making sure that you 
know and feel that you are loved. Like it's, it's a real priority. And so it, it was just, man, it was just such a nice day of just, uh, we didn't do anything crazy, you know, um, didn't do anything big, didn't really leave the house. We just kind of stayed around here and cooked fajitas and some of cat's family came over and, um, Sophie, Kathleen took him to target to the age, got to, you know, pick out some gifts for me. And Sophie picked out the game of life because she said, I know daddy oh, likes she, playing I saw games on your with us. Instagram. You were playing with that. Yeah. And her reasoning was daddy yeah. likes playing games with us. And I was like, Oh, that's the best. And so we played Aww. life and yeah, it, we played life, I think twice that day. It was just this great day of just like really just getting to, you know, putting my phone away and just spending some really quality time with, mm. with my girls and just feeling super loved. Yeah. It was, it was just a really nice day. Yeah. Oh, everyone should have days like that feeling loved. Yeah. And it was just like the, great. I feel like the best word for it is just nice, you know, like a really yeah. nice day. Oh, that's tough to beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think that's a good, yeah. Nice. A nice time really nice. is, Oh yeah. No. It's restorative. You know, it is. Yeah. So that's mine. I hope everybody listening has a really nice day. Me too. Thank you for listening and thanks for joining us. And we'll catch you next week. Speaking of musicals, another one bites the dust and another one gone and another one gone. Another one bites the dust. Poor Michael and his coffee cups. (laughs) 